You're listening to Kevin Stock Radio. I think we are recording. All right. So I'm going to introduce you, Trevor, just briefly, and then we'll just dive right in. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. So today we got Trevor, and I'm super excited to talk with Trevor uh, because, and we'll get into all the reasons why exactly. Uh, but like so many people, he had started uh, on a diet journey. Uh, for a various reason, and as a reason that's not necessarily the same as everyone. It's not just all about fat loss, which is kind of the same reason how I came upon carnivore. So, Trevor, if you don't mind, I think if we start from the beginning, I think that would help people as far as context, because you were a wrestler, right? Right, right. So, yeah, so, yeah tell me about that and the diet you followed and and all that, all about that. Okay, so I graduated, I graduated high school back in like two, uh, 2008, so obviously diet and nutrition was a different, different world back then. Um, yep. So, you know, we had spaghetti, spaghetti dinners before every wrestling meet, the night before every wrestling meet, you know, carb up, get ready. But, you know, we, we worked out a way I like to work out now, and I think, I mean, we can dive into it a little bit later, but I think the diet and the way I train and everything kind of coincide. They're both super simple, but um, no, so I, I wrestled, I, you know, I have a pretty high metabolism. I've been able to maintain a pretty low body fat, but I've always like had aches, pains, just, you know, silly, little annoying things you get from sports, injury, working out, all those little things. And then, um, you know, more recently I, I started developing some mental health issues and I wasn't entirely sure what the, um, what the root cause of all of it was. I dealt with a little bit of trauma last year, just some personal stuff I had go on. And, um, I really think that like, you know, triggered it, but, um, I couldn't, couldn't wrap my head around it. My wife, she's into, you know, meditation. She was a vegan for a while. We can talk about that a little <laughs> yeah, bit later. Let's too. Yeah. talk about that. Um, yeah. So she, you know, she got me into meditation, really trying to take care of myself just mentally. And it's still, uh, still wasn't able to, I guess, get through that wall. And then um, I came across the, you know, the carnivorous diet and I don't know if it's still, I still don't know if it's placebo or not, you know, taking me, taking me to where I am and how I feel now, but gosh, it's, um, I don't, I don't know if I dove into that deep enough for you, but it, no, uh, that's, that's good. I mean, I'm probably, we're going to rewind just a little bit if that's all right. Yeah, yeah. So in high school, I actually, I ran cross country in high school and we had the same kind of dogma where before cross country meets, we carb loaded and, and such. And so that's very, it's pervasive. I think not only in athletics, but just around everything. It's like, Hey, if you're going to be weight training, if you're going to be running, running, if you're going to be doing any kind of sports, uh, you need carbs to fuel you. And I think it's, you know, that myth is starting to kind of uh, be pushed against, you know, thanks to people like, you know, LeBron James did a ketogenic diet and people are like, whoa, this guy's running on fat. And, you know, I had no idea. I yeah, had no but, like, <laughs> yeah. So he, he did this. I, I'm trying to remember. It was maybe two years ago or so in the summer off season. Yeah. He did a ketogenic diet. And, you know, obviously basketball is extremely anaerobic, uh, you know, glycolytic. Uh, and you know, he's, he's do, obviously doing just fine. So, okay. So, so you went from, you know, wrestling, a, probably a standard American diet. Oh yeah. Roughly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, not, if not worse, um, I would probably call it worse than the American diet. Um, 
I mean, yeah. I, I was, a, I was a high school kid, you know, I drank pop and did all the, all that stuff I don't do now, but yeah, yeah. yeah very cookie cutter diet, three meals a day, big dinner, big yeah. breakfast. So I don't do. at what point did you start? Cause you didn't start with a carnivore diet. You went into a keto. Is that right? Right. Right. So my best friend, he's been, I mean, he's been into this stuff. He's been telling, pushing keto on me, gosh, since right after high school, about 2010, he started really, really pushing on it from us. I don't even know what to eat. I don't even know. I don't know how to not eat carbs. He said, bacon and eggs, man. Just eat bacon and <laughs> egg. yep. every meal. You'll be good to go. So, you know, then is when I really started toying with it. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't, you know, completely disciplined. I'm still not, you know, as disciplined as I'd like to be, but um, I've, I followed that for, you know, that, that from 2000, I'd say 2011, 2012 until, you know, this year, that's, that's primarily how I ate very low mm -hmm. carb. Um, I, I mean, I don't enjoy those foods. So it's, it, you know, it's easy for me to not eat all of them. Obviously there's good stuff out there that tastes good. And yep. we're, you know, we're conditioned to like those things right yep. now. But yeah, one of the things I've found is the vast majority of people that have really taken the dive into a carnivore diet and have stuck with it, uh, they come from a keto background. <laughs> so, and I think maybe part of that is because it's the kind of person that's willing to, you know, buck at the status quo, uh, mm -hmm. because a ketogenic diet now is more accepted, but you know, it hasn't been that, I mean, it's still kind of an outlier diet. You eat yeah. a whole, eat a whole lot of fat, basically very low carb. Uh, so, I mean, that's the way I came to keto as well. Uh, because I was looking for similar to you, uh, I was looking for more mental performance over okay. physical, Absolutely. over physical performance. Yeah. And I had read about the ketogenic diet. I'd actually done the ketogenic diet in the past. And what I, I tell people, I'd always cheated on my ketogenic diets, not with carbs, but with protein. Uh, cause I, I've been into physique and bodybuilding for, you know, a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I was always too, I was always afraid to bring my protein too low. And if you read the ketogenic forms and all that, they recommend, you know, 0.75 grams of protein per pound or per uh, lean pound. And to me, that was super low. Mm -hmm. And so when I had done ketogenic diet in the past, I usually erred on the high side of protein. I, n I never really took it below one gram per pound uh, for bodybuilding reasons. Uh, but then I decided I was going to go full ketogenic. And so I did lower my protein down below a gram per pound and I lost a ton of muscle. And so that, you know, what, fully going into keto and not getting the benefits that everyone had talked about led me to further research and eventually led me into the carnivore diet. So is, is your path similar to that? Because you said you were having some mental health issues. You've been doing keto for a while, 2012. Mm -hmm. That obviously didn't resolve those. So kind of, kind of like walk me through at what point did keto help? At what point did keto transition to carnivore and, and kind of what you experienced there? I think, uh, I think around 2015, I uh, stopped drinking alcohol, like pretty much cold turkey. Two, uh, yep. 2014, I cut it out. Cold turkey is huge. <laughs> I mean, anyone that drinks and cuts it out knows what that does for yep. their life. But that's when I really started taking my diet a lot more serious than, um, you know, what, what I was before. I was just eating to stay healthy. I wasn't working out at the time. I was just eating to not get fat, really. Yep. Because, I mean, that's my biggest, I think it should be most people's biggest fear. Um, but so, yeah, around 2015 is when, you know, I found buttered coffee. That was like the, I, I don't know if you're a coffee drinker, but I am 100% a coffee drinker. And yep. uh, so, you know, stumbling across the buttered coffee, drinking that in the morning is when I really felt something 
you know, really start clicking, uh, engines firing upstairs. So probably after two, three years into keto, I started doing that. That's when I cut breakfast out and started fasting, uh, around 2015. Yep. And I really think that was, that was the game changer. Um, cutting breakfast out, just drinking my coffee. And, you know, that's when I really started, you know, limiting all of the, I mean, I didn't jump right into the carnivore diet. I've been slowly weeding food out for, for a long time, just stuff that I don't feel sits right. I used to write down everything I ate, every meal, every day. I did it for, I think, 18 months straight, wrote everything I ever ate, just kind of wrote how I feel. And that's a kind of ridiculous thing to do, but I think it helps. So if anyone out there wants to do that, I think, I mean, you can really narrow down where food sits with you. Um, that was so, huge. For, that was huge for me. That's interesting. So I know a lot of people do the coffee in the morning, put butter, MCT in it. Uh, and it's a very ketogenic thing to do. It's because basically you went all night fasting. Yeah. First thing you do in the morning is you don't stimulate insulin. You just, you know, stay fed with pure fat, basically butter and MCT oil. You keep ketosis going longer, et cetera. Now, personally, I've had... I've had mixed results because I've done that. Uh, man, I think, I don't know if it's metabolically. I, I get cold so fast oh. if I do that. Like I feel like, and it, it, it gets to the point where it's like distracting me. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I wanted to do this because I want to perform better. But, you know, I, and so I did it for a long time. And I don't, I think it's very good for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it probably led to some muscle wasting because I was going so long you know, if I ate an early dinner at 5 p.m. and then I didn't eat my next meal until, I don't know, 11 or noon the next day, you know, that's a, that's a long fast. Right. And combining that with lower protein intakes, I felt like, you know, wasn't a good strategy for my goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for other people, goals that aren't necessarily, you know, physique goals, uh, you know, I, they, they have a lot of success with that. So, I mean, you obviously found that helpful. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people do that. So just for people that are listening, Strict carnivore uh, would not have MCT oil in it because it's, right. it's coconut. That's a it's a plant, uh, and I mean technically coffee it comes from a plant as well, and it's not strictly carnivore. So I was going to ask you: Have you tried eliminating coffee at any point? Uh, oh, not yet, not <laughs> yet. It's something, it's something I um I take. It's the only addiction I have. It's the only addiction I have left. So I'm not yeah. I'm not ready to kick it to the curb yet. I don't know if I'm ready to be myself, but um. It's something I'd like to do. My wife's my wife's cut it out. She drinks uh, what she drinks some sort of tea, some non-caffeinated tea. She yeah. drinks, um, but no, it's, it's something I'd like to get rid of. Um, we stopped buying MCT oil. We just use butter now. We yep. just we load it up heavy That's with good. butter. We cut the MCT oil out. Um, we should just double up the butter. It's, I mean, it's still good. It's like putting creamer in your coffee. Yeah. So the, I mean, the reason I ask about the coffee is a lot of people. I shouldn't say a lot of people, a lot of carnivores drink coffee, you know, probably the majority I would say, but I know a good amount of people that when they cut out coffee, that made all the difference. Like it was their their life was night and day. Uh, I know someone, they had migraines there. They've suffered from migraines basically their entire life. And it was not until, you know, they were on every pharmaceutical, (laughs) pharmaceutical can imagine. It wasn't until they cut out coffee that made all the difference. Uh, so I actually, I've been a coffee drinker for, you know, over a decade, but what I did, you know, a little bit ago, but I did six months of strict beef and water. You know, I cut coffee, I cut everything. And, you know, I kind of did that to set 
an ultimate elimination diet in a way to speak mm-hmm. a baseline. And then I, I put coffee back in and, you know, I haven't felt the, any ill impacts since bringing it back in. Uh, but it's something that I usually, I, when, when people ask, I'm like, you know what, it's worth cutting it out for three months or six months. Mm-hmm. It does take some time to, you know, to, to wean off Re- it and yeah, reset a little to bit. reset. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and if you want it back in and bring it back in, you know, you're all good, but for some people it does make all the difference. Right. And you know, that's, that's a good thing to say too. Cause I mean, I mean, it's caffeine's a drug. I mean, if you look at it in any way, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a drug, it's an upper, yeah. it's any sort of upper and you know, with anything, it's probably best in moderation. Um, I mean, I, I definitely don't use it in my, I mean, I drink it every morning. That's all I ever, the only time I ever drink it except right now because I'm working third shift while I'm here. So I'm <laughs> pretty much every waking second I'm alive, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. People don't realize that caffeine, it's actually a natural insecticide. So okay. a lot of the reasons people avoid plants in the first place is uh, plants have these natural defense mechanisms against predators, uh, <laughs> insecticides. And so these things actually cause a lot of harm for humans as well. And so, you know, caffeine is a natural insecticide, but you know, I, the dose has a lot to do with things I realize, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if you eat some, it, it's very different eating some raw whole food versus a refined concentrated extract version of that. So your mm-hmm. body's, you know, evolved to be able to adapt a certain amount of that. But you know, when you overload it and it can no longer handle vast quantities of these plant poisons, as I call them, uh, is when people, you know, have effects and some people have higher thresholds than others. Yeah. I want to rewind to something you said, you said you went a couple months with just beef and water. Yeah. I did six How, months, pure beef and water. How did you feel doing that? Because that is next, that is next on my, <laughs> on my list going off. My wife is joining me in that just, uh, to put the, my wife, I said was a vegan is joining me. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think you need to do six months. And so I actually, I wrote this 30 day guide for people that want to get started with a carnivore diet and the 30 first 30 days is basically, you know, what I call kind of relaxed carnivore. You know, you could have cheeses in there, keep your coffee in there, but basically get to get rid of the plants, get stick with animal foods. Uh, and then there's two other levels and kind of the third level is just beef and water. And it's the point, the whole point is, if you're still having lingering, whether it be disease or whatever it might be, having just beef and water is basically the ultimate elimination diet. And so then you can add things in systematically from there to really get a root cause of, oh, I really can't eat that or I do okay with this. Uh, and so for an example, one of the first things I tried back in was eggs. And I had some, a couple eggs with some beef and I did just fine. Uh, and then I had one morning where I didn't have any beef, just eggs. So I, it was eight or nine eggs. And I had what's called postprandial hypoglycemia. So I'd, I'd struggled with hypoglycemia in the past. And sure enough, I had hypoglycemia. So uh, for me, I, I, you know, I may not have been able to pinpoint that on eggs if I hadn't right. done an elimination diet like that. Uh, for most people, you know, you do 30 days or so, that'd be good. Uh, I just, you know, I kind of just went extreme with it. And, you know, honestly, today, almost all my food, food is just beef and water. Yeah, that, that's, that's about it. <laughs> we do, um, we're, I'm slowly cutting dairy out because I'm still dealing with a little bit of bloating and I know it's not from the beef. So I'm, uh, so what dairy do you have in currently? Uh, you, have, you have the butter. We have the butter and I put cheese on my eggs. That's, okay. that's it. That is okay. it. Um, so, so that's not too bad. I know some people 
they push the limit. I you know, personally, I think people do much better if they get rid of dairy. Uh, most people, uh, some people do just fine with it, but so you have a little bit of dairy. You, you think it is bloating you a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. It's a little annoying, like little, just lean it over in your chair, feel it. Just stuff that I don't like that you yeah. know, anyone who's losing weight would probably you know, be ecstatic with how they feel like based yeah. on how I feel. It's just, just a personal thing that I need to get rid of. But, um, yeah, just, I think it's the dairy. I can't, I mean, like I said, I'm not a hundred percent disciplined. I, I like to enjoy my life still and, you know, eat some crap. I, for lack of a better word, I guess we'll call it crap every once in a while. Yeah. So um, let's, let's touch on that real fast. So how often I'll call it cheat or whatever you want to call it. How often do you do that? And then what, and then what do you eat and what do you, and how do you feel after that? Uh, we had, so this last weekend was like our first cheat meal my birthday mm-hmm. was the 25th so we went to we had a full-on cheat day wasn't a meal nothing we did uh gosh we did pancakes for breakfast we did pizza for lunch and then we did an all-you-can-eat steak buffet for dinner but um the gosh the pizza and the pancakes man i feel like i took a two years backwards step i felt so <laughs> i drank like a close to a gallon of water that day too i felt so huge like a girl I work with said she feels like a busted can of biscuits and I couldn't, couldn't say it any better. That's yeah. I, I mean, so I, I don't cheat that often. I mean, I just don't really have the Good. desire Good. Uh, or, you know, basically hardly ever. Uh, but I hear a lot of stories when people they are like, Oh, you know, I just wanted to have that, whatever it might be. And then they regret it. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> and it's immediately. not it's not because of guilt necessarily but it's just because it you know it made them feel like death mm-hmm. uh so i i mean i've, I've seen i think that's pretty common uh, i mean i and i like to play devil's advocate as much as possible yeah and so i remember when i went keto and i meant to ask you about this uh when i went full keto man i had serious gi distress you know i was just not fat adapted and it's not that my body's not meant to uh, eat a lot of fat. It's just, I wasn't fat adapted. So people can misconstrue things like, Oh, I ate that and it made me feel terrible where the body's just not acclimated to that. Did right. you have any adaptation symptoms going keto or carnivore? Um, no, I, I say no, because I just felt like completely just omitted from my, my background story is, uh, right around when I met my wife, I was having IBS. I was my, I have IBS. It was flaring up worse than my doctor had ever seen anyone. Just a whole bunch of disgusting details. I'll spare everyone. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that knows what IBS is, knows what was going on. Yeah. Um, so that, that really led to me cutting grains out. Um, and I think that, I mean, just, just because I, like I said, I was eating, still eating bread every once in a while, just yeah. not full strict, hundred percent, no carb keto. I like to the phrase don't earn your carbs I, if i train real hard i'm gonna eat i'm gonna eat a, if i want to eat a potato i'm gonna eat a potato you know it's yeah. just stuff like you no know, it's now i guess rather than eating the carbs before i just eat them afterwards if i if i feel compelled to do so um but no i don't think i had those adaptation issues because when i when i really took it serious and decided to you know, cut everything out is when like that's what fixed you know it's what helped cure my ibs and yeah. you know, put my ibs at bay so i I can't say I have, I had any issues like that, but I'm, like I said, I've had stomach issues kind of forever. So it's hard, it's hard to tell what, you know, just because of a stress, it's like stress induced IBS. Um, so I would have to dealt with that forever. So as far as like GI issues, I don't know how to, I couldn't, I don't know how to pinpoint those. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't really know if, if I had any of that. Um, yeah. I know my so, wife has. So sure. your IBS is, is it largely resolved? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I don't have hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, yeah, that's something, like I said, working with my wife, you know, in the past trying to, you know, really focus on like maintaining those stress levels. And I can't, I can't explain how important that's been. Um, yeah. just, you know, really just trying to, it's not even about like maintaining the stress, just doing more, more things that I like to do rather than what I, what I feel like other people need me to do. Yeah. And I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but that, I mean, that was huge for me. And, and I mean, a lot of that boiled down to just eating the food. I like, I love to eat steak, you know, yeah. it's my favorite thing in the world. I look forward to every single meal. So I mean, yeah. what's not to be happy about that. Yeah. And I mean, I get asked that probably every day is they're like, don't you get bored of eating the same thing every day? Yeah. No, no. I mean, no literally that's all no I want to eat. It's like, Oh, and anything else that, you know, might look tempting looks unsatisfying as well. Right. Like if I yeah. see sugar, it might be like, oh, you know, that would probably taste good, but I know I would not be satisfied. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be a good, just like, what, I can't even think of the expression. Yeah. I don't know. Just quick. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah. You know, you know, you know, you know. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to talk about your wife. So she was a vegan and now she's, she's turning the corner, you know, 100, yeah. 180 degrees yeah, to, we'll to carnivore. We'll give, we'll give the backstory on Kayla. She's awesome. Shout out to Kayla. Um, so I met her. That's all she ever talked about is how she wanted to be vegan. She wasn't vegan when I met her. I was, I mean, I've been a huge meat eater my whole life. Anyone that ever knew me before I took on the carnivore diet probably could have told you it was coming that I was just <laughs> going to cut it out. I love, man, I love steak. So she, she did too, but you know, she, she hates factory farming. She hates it, you know, more than absolutely anything on the planet. So yeah. she just took liver and said, screw it. I'm not eating anything. I'm not eating any meat. And I mean, she fell apart. She'll tell you she, she fell apart doing it. Her, uh, her mental health started slipping. She started, her anxiety started to come back. I mean, she's having to shovel grains down her throat just to, you know, get any sort of, you know, substance to her diet. And she, I mean, she's a grazer. She likes to graze. I mean, that's how she eats anyway. She's not, she can sit down and eat a big meal, but she'd rather, you know, nibble all day. So ideally that, I mean, it's a perfect diet for her, um, mm-hmm. being able to nibble I mean, she loves fruit. She, she does. She doesn't like vegetables, so I don't know why she, I mean, wanted to go down that path. But it was really it was just to keep animals from dying. And once I switched over to this, she started seeing the benefit in me on just you know narrowing down to the just to meat because, you know, before I mean before I ate a lot of meat, but I wasn't I wasn't eating uh what she would call mindfully raised meat. Yeah. And you know I had kind of like a revel- revelation with that as well. And you know I also no longer support the i guess the factory farming i don't i don't know yeah. who how to pinpoint who does what with their meat but we uh we got a good local farm here so that's the way to do it yep so we we go there we we can we haven't been able to like see the cows yet but she's uh she's eating meat again she i could i gosh i wish she'd kill me and now that i don't know the actual date she started but just one night she's like give me a piece of that steak <laughs> yeah she, I mean that that was it she's like just give me a piece of it cook me one tomorrow I'm doing this with you and she, I mean she still she still grazes you know throughout the day she'll eat some berries just I mean stuff that I tell her I mean if I were to eat something that's not meat that that's probably what I would eat too I'd eat you know a raspberry a couple blueberries here and there and she eats uh well she's she got some pecans at home and some almonds I mean really that's about it she'll eat a little bit of that stuff and then she'll eat a ribeye with me for dinner and yeah. It's cool. I mean, she, she hasn't, I can't say she's felt the, uh, she's had a turnaround, like, I guess with her mental health, but as far as her physical health, she's only been doing it about 
a week, week and a half. I, I really don't think it's even been that long. She's she's slowly, brand new. Yeah, slowly easing back into it. But I mean, she's she's good. She eats uh, she eats about a pound of meat a day. But as far as the uh, like results, I can't say she's um, experienced any yet. But she's been she's been weight training, so I'm I'm curious to see uh, where that goes with her. Yeah. So how much how much how many pounds of meat are you eating a day? Probably close to three. Close to three, three between three and four. Yeah, put in. So put I'm pr- I'm pretty similar. <laughs> What's your uh, height and weight? Six like six three two hundred. Okay, pretty. just to help people get some idea. Oh, so yeah. I, I'm five eleven, hundred and seventy pounds, and I'm okay. eating about three pounds. About of same. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. There's a there's a range. You know, there sure is. We're not Sean Baker eating six pounds a day. That dude's <laughs> yeah, no, but he's, he's also. Not, Six five, you know, two fifty. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And for those that don't know, Sean Baker, he is an orthopedic surgeon, uh, and he also, like many people, you know, he went to ketogenic diet for performance reasons, was unsatisfied, or was looking for more as far as results. Uh, slowly got into carnivore, and and he was very, he's very well known in the carnivore community because. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and, and from there, you know, things have kind of taken off. Uh, so, yeah, people that want more information, Sean Baker's a great resource. Wealth uh, of knowledge. Yeah, and he's, of all, knowledge. he's all over social media. Uh, oh, yeah. A little too, a little too far. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if, I were to have my, if I were to do it differently, I think I'd leave the vegans alone. Yeah, yeah, I think so, I think so too. And, you know, vegans, I think, give him a lot of trouble. And they do. So, they give a lot of people a lot of trouble. I've been slowly reading more about how malicious some of those vegans can actually be but um yeah it's a small fraction i think there's a lot more good ones i think that's how it is in most things there's a you there's a small majority that make a bad name for the rest for everybody for everybody yeah so So did you i was gonna ask how did you find out about the carnivore diet before sean baker was on joe rogan because that's where i was that's where i was introduced yeah that's interesting because i was doing i would call what was a keto a keto carnivore style diet. Okay. So I did the full ketogenic. I was getting losing so much muscle. I wasn't feeling any better. Uh, so I started researching a lot about plants. Yeah. I went deep into lectins. And so I started eliminating all plants. And so I hit for a good amount of time. I still had some keto foods. Like I was still, I still had MCT in my diet, but I was, I was mainly eating just meat and added fats. So it was pretty close. Then I'm trying to remember exactly some friend, you know, they're used to me eat, doing crazy diet stuff. Right. And they're like, Hey, there's this guy on Joe Rogan who eats a similar diet. And I saw that Sean was doing it. So I wasn't the only like crazy one. Cause I didn't know like this people were actually doing a meat only diet. Like that sound, that sounded crazy. So, crazy. so uh, yeah, so I did, I saw that Sean was on Joe Rogan and uh, you know, shortly after that, you know, I'm trying to think. I, I was basically full carnivore then, but I think when I saw Joe, that's when I eliminated MCT and uh, any all the supplements. So I was taking a you know a bunch of vitamins. That's something uh, else that I've completely completely cut out myself is vitamins, and I don't think uh, I don't think many people know that about. I mean, I don't know how many people don't take multivitamins, but I've I've felt no need to take them. I've I, I was taking them right when we moved to Cincinnati. So around February and I've cut them out since taking on the diet and I feel completely fine. So yeah, I, thought, I think that was a good, good little point to make there. That Yeah. See, so, yeah, so I think it was around Thanksgiving of 2017 is when I started the 
full on beef experiment. So I was just, which makes sense because six months is just passed up. Uh, and I'd eliminated all the supplements in that time too. And since then, you know, I tried in, I was like, Oh, let's try in vitamin D was one of the supplements K2. Uh, let's take a vitamin C, uh, you know, so I tried in some other supplements that I'd been taking and, you know, the reason for me doing this was kind of my thought is this, if you're super deficient in something your body needs, and then you give it to it, you generally will feel a difference. Not always true, but generally speaking, when your body's starving for something or seriously lacking something, and then you give it it, you can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I I tried these supplements and and I felt no difference. Uh, And kind of a good example is this is, so I have treated sleep disorders. Uh, I'm a dentist that specializes in treating obstructive sleep apnea. And people with obstructive sleep apnea never get a good night's sleep. Uh, and so I'm not going to, I won't bore you with like the, the anatomy. What's going on if you have all my attention right now. <laughs> but, get a good night's sleep. So yeah. But people with sleep apnea, they basically never get a good night's sleep. And their daily energy becomes a new normal. So they think they have a normal amount of energy when really they are, you know, they're sluggish as can be. And when they get treated, when their sleep apnea gets treated, they get a real night's sleep for the first time. And then their energy that they, they realize how bad things were. And so that's what I was wondering when I was trying these supplements, I was like, maybe I am deficient in magnesium or vitamin D or, or whatever. Uh, and I was like, if I put it back in and you know, I don't feel bad, but if I put it back in, maybe I'll notice it. And man, I noticed nothing. No. Not, none of the supplements I've taken noticed anything. On the contrary, when I added in significant red meat, which had been lacking from my diet, I felt so good. Uh, and I was very hungry initially. And I'm curious, I was going to want to ask you about this too. So when I went heavy beef, I was hungry, like ravenously hungry. Mm-hmm. It's like my body was starving for animal fat and cholesterol. Were you? Did you experience anything like that? Because I know other people have experienced similar things. Definitely, definitely. I have a pretty out of control appetite as it is. Um, <laughs> but no, that that first two weeks, man, it was I was I, mean, I was eating like three three ribeyes a day and some burgers every yep. day, like no not skipping a beat. But it's um, I mean, it's simmered down a little bit now. I definitely I don't have craving. I obviously don't have any, hardly any cravings for anything until I'm cooking food anymore. Um, yep. Then it gets kind of out of control. Uh, like once I start cooking, it's like, I, this has got to be done. See, yeah. that's what I think so many people experience. And that's what makes me nervous about some people starting the carnivore diet with not having real expectations, or I shouldn't say real expectations, but they come to it for fat loss. And then mm-hmm. they're very hungry because their body's been starving for fat and cholesterol and these vitamins and nutrients that basically they're malnourished. Right. And so when they give it their body nourishment, the body's just starving for more. And they're like, well, I want to lose weight, but they're ravenously hungry. <laughs> I'm like, and I tell people, I'm like, okay, step one is you got to get healthy first. Like once you get healthy, uh, you know, my appetite regulated, it sounds like your appetite regulated, you know, that happens, but it might take a couple months uh, you might gain some fat for a couple months. It's like, you almost got to just say, yeah. okay, I'm okay with that. And, and Let you know, get, he- get healthy first. Yep. That, that was huge, man. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I was having some weird, like, in that, I think I talked to you a little bit about it, like during the ap- 
adaptation phase i was uh i was peeing like every yeah god like every five minutes it felt like i was peeing and it was about an ounce or two of water like just very clear liquid oh, this is so yeah. weird and but you know i i beefed my salt up a little bit um put a little more salt and then pre-workout i'd take a little shot of salt water that so day. i'm glad you mentioned that salt like people fear salt you know oh, that's I, been dogma and everywhere man mm-hmm. salt is your friend especially on a carnivore diet but like or any low carb i think i mean it's so important performance will go up you'll feel better like for, like people under eat salt like don't get near the sodium they should uh especially on a low carb diet like that's one of the first things when people are saying they feel bad i'm like and you need salt you need, mm-hmm. to eat, you need to eat enough and you need salt like those are the two th- big things and I think the the fear of it is just I mean it's obvious people just fear it, that they're going to retain water and I mean that's not the case. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I can tell you yeah. it's not the case. It's not it's not what's going to happen. But yeah. no, I taking taking that pre workout. I could I mean I've never been a big pre workout guy. I usually just kind of go on you know halfway full stomach, just good you know well fed body. I'll go and train, be able to train pretty hard. But taking this you know taking that shot of salt water. I can't remember who I saw do that. There's no way that works. I might have been Sean Baker talking about it. I've kind of been dabbling with some of the stuff he he rambles about just to see because he's a pretty fascinating guy. So I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that. So your pre workout is salt water. It's not yeah, something it's else. Just salt, just salt. Okay. So I and something that I did experience and I wonder if you did is I had two experiences that you know that come to mind where I had really bad cramps. One was I want to say. I it was I was already adapted to carnivore and I woke up it was three four in the morning with a major calf cramp <laughs> and that's like I don't know how to I I feel like I'm understating it because I thought I was gonna die no, I couldn't like I couldn't move and then the and then actually semi recently I had I was doing I was working out I was actually doing an ab workout and I had an abdominal cramp mm, never and it was very bad but. uh one of the things is I was like, but you know, both times I was like, you know what? I think back of it as like, I didn't have any salt that the day, you know, the day before I was dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So I have, I'll, I'll think I'm like, if I'm going to the gym this afternoon and I know I salt my meat pretty generously now, but if I didn't, I'm, I'm taking, you know, shots of salt water mm-hmm. big and it's almost you know, impalatable. It's disgusting. Oh, how much, horrible. Yeah, but but so it's like horrible. I I get it down. So so that's what you're doing. Have you had any cramps or anything like that? Um, I've had a couple. Uh, like post squat day, I'll uh, I'll get up. My quads will cramp up. Um, not so much lately. Um, I mean, I train pretty hard. I don't want to like make myself sound like a meathead animal or anything. But I mean, I I train pretty hard. I'm trying to get like I'm trying to get in the best shape of my life right now. So that's I mean that's my that's my goal. It's just to be you know top shape of my life. 10 years after I was you know, yeah. previously. So that's proving to be difficult, but um, no, I haven't, I haven't dealt with too much cramping. Um, like I said, there's a couple, couple in the legs and I have had a nasty crap calf cramp going down the stairs, just crippled me toes curled over, yeah. put me down, but yeah. not, not so much anymore. But like I said, I, I always, I've always salted my steaks, like just absurdly almost just because a cooking method I learned a while ago. Um, so I, I mean, I, I salt, I salt everything pretty heavily. I just, I'm not, I don't fear it. So, yeah. Yep. And you know, I don't think I always think of like, okay, is it normal to be cramping? Like maybe that's a sign that this is not a, a normal diet, but I think largely that it came from 
dehydration that could happen in any diet. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, if someone's going to let a cramp scare them away from a proper diet, then I wouldn't, you know, a lot of it's adaptation, you know, during the adaptation phase, there's a lot of fluid rebalancing going on and people experience cramps early on and they get over that. I, I really didn't have any cramps early on. Mine, the one calf cramp came several months after being just meat only. Uh, and the abdominal cramp was actually fairly recently. So, you know, they can pop up, but you know, I just say, you know, salt's probably the most important thing. Like mm-hmm. if you're, if you're getting cramps, just make sure you're getting enough salt and drink until, you know, satisfied. You don't have to like try and drink a gallon of water a day or anything, no. but just drink till you're satisfied. Yeah. How do you feel about water? I used to carry a jug. I was going to have been wanting to ask someone about that. I used to carry a gallon of water around with me every day and wouldn't be satisfied until it was empty. And I've like, <laughs> I've slowly, um, I've like slowly stepped away from that and feeling that that much water isn't completely necessary, but there are times where I feel like I, I am dehydrated and I'm, mm-hmm. I, I know, I know I am. I'm not, it's not, nothing new. I wrestled my whole life. So I know. I what feel that- most people are dehydrated uh, and would be better off erring on the side of drinking more water. That said, if you're drinking water till you're satisfied or you're not thirsty, like, I, there's no need to force it right no need to force the issue but most people should get in the habit a lot of times drinking water is just habitual it's like oh i'm not used to eat drinking water uh you know in all day long <laughs> i think what becomes hard to hard for people is actually getting up and going to the bathroom from drinking you know if you're drinking a glass of water every hour you're gonna go like yeah. i mean your body's not gonna absorb all that so having to take that i mean if you gotta walk a little while to go to the bathroom and it's gonna be part of your day but I think the biggest thing for me was um, just getting it down consistently. Like instead of, you know, chugging a whole bunch of water at once and then going a couple hours without drinking it, you know, just kind of like a, just a consistent flow. I, that's been, I think that's been my key for my, my water intake, but I don't know. Okay. So I got two more questions for you. And one is, so carnivore diet, you know, is seen by many people as a pretty extreme diet. Did you have or do you have any fears about lack of certain micronutrients or things like fiber, vitamin C? Has any of this ever concerned you? Have you done research or have you just, you know, kind of taken some people's word for it and just gone with it? I've, I've definitely taken the word for it on that. On, I guess just talking fiber specifically, um, I've definitely taken the word of people much smarter than me and have, you know, spent much more time researching it than myself. Um, I, I, I view fiber is, you know, something that's going to clean my pipes of stuff my body doesn't want in the first place. And I'm not eating, if I'm not eating anything my body doesn't want, I don't see the, I don't see what yeah. fiber is going to do for me. So, yeah. and I was just you, talking about this yesterday. About I think fiber. you did say, you did yeah. say something about that, didn't you? That's, and that's been my, my whole view on it. And that's how I kind of explained it to my wife because she was worried that, I mean, uh, this is gross, but most people probably worry that jumping into a carnivore diet, you're not going to use the restroom ever. You're never going to you know, your bowels are going to cramp. And, and I don't, I, I can say that I don't use the restroom as much, but I, I don't have, I'm not producing waste. I'm not producing yep. waste food. Like, let's just, yeah, okay. we should talk about that just real quick. Cause people are going to have questions. I just got asked that the other day on the flip side. Someone's like, man, when I eat meat, it puts me in the bathroom and it's likely because they have so inadequate amount of fat that that fat makes it goes right through their system. Uh, but on the flip side, like you're talking about is, People on a carnivore diet produce far less waste. Humans, we absorb meat extremely efficiently. So you're not sitting on the toilet necessarily every day. 
you know, no. quite a bit less frequently and bowel movements tend to be smaller, uh, which is, you know, not a bad thing <laughs> no, no. for anybody. No, that, that's something that, that is like of all the people that have ever talked to me about me doing this, that has been the question I've been asked the most is how is your time on, how is your time in the bathroom? How does it feel yeah. pushing all that out? It yeah. doesn't. And think about it. Like we're both eating three pounds of beef a day and you know, I'm, I may have bowel every third day. Yep. That's, that's about where I'm at every other day, every third day, I drink the coffee yeah. and stuff. So I got a little more floating around in there, but um, yeah, every other day. Usually, I mean, that just tells you how efficiently we absorb beef. It's right. like we were meant to eat it. And someone might be like, well, all that's getting backed up, man. If all that was getting backed up, we would be very loaded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Double loaded. Especially, I mean, I'm about to go, we got a steak right downstairs here at this hotel. I'm going to go devour. I ate it last time last year. I'm excited. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go, but one last thing. One more question, yeah. I, I kind of want to come full circle because the reason I was really excited to kick off this little mini season with you on the carnivore diet is the mental health reason. Because okay. I came to carnivore diet for mental reasons. It was more mental performance. You know, okay. I was getting tired. I wanted to perform at a higher mental level. People don't realize how important diet is to mental health, I think. Our brain is made up of majority fat. All the 25% of all our cholesterols in our brain, I believe. Uh, I, need to, I need to look that up, but I believe that's true. So the cholesterol and fat are just so important to how our brain functions. So can you kind of tell me a before and after picture as far as your mental health journey? Yeah. So I guess to, to kind of talk through how, what all happened, I, I, you know, playing sports, I do, I I'm active. So I've obtained a pretty ridiculous amount of brain trauma, head injury. Um, mm -hmm. My two best friends from high school, both passed away last year, um, March and May of last year, they were twins, both committed suicide. Oh God. That's first. Right. First one was due to CTE, which is a brain disorder caused by head trauma. So, you know, immediately that, you know, I'm get, getting kind of chills talking about it. That freaked me out because that's something I feared for myself. Uh, my best friend I spoke about earlier talking me into keto, he lives with it every day. Um, so, you know, I lost both of those friends and it, it sent me, man, it sent me into the deepest, deepest pit. These are, I mean, these are best friends since second grade twins. I've known them, you know, obviously known them my entire life. So sent me down this deep, just, horrible i started drinking started drinking again um you know yeah, anxiety just took off through the roof you know, obviously led to depression um you know even being suicidal myself um uh, and this was you know right before my wife and i got married so you know between october and you know october and may of last year uh probably the hardest hardest you know seven eight months of my life um you know, yes, like I said, dealing with the anxiety, suicidal thoughts. And then, you know, we were, we were cleaning up our house before we moved here. And this is something I you know, sent to you in my little bio. We had a cottage in pizza. I don't know if you have those where you guys are in Michigan, Michigan staple though. We mm -hmm. had one right by us, cottage in pizza. And yep. we, my wife and I were picking up the house and we found, I think we had 20 something boxes over by our trash can area. It's like, okay, this has got to stop. This has got to stop right now. I then I just I couldn't wrap my head around 
you know, why I was feeling the way I was. Obviously, I dealt with some things. Yeah, but you dealt with a lot, you know. I dealt with multi a lot. Multifactorial, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, th I think it would send anyone down that spiral. But, you know, the way I was eating, I think it really painted the picture to me on how closely their two are related, um, yep. diet and mental health. So that going from that into carnivore, that was my first transition. I didn't go from a keto. I went from that, that state of depression and, you know, eating the way I was to carnivore. So there was, mm -hmm. you know, that, that gap of time in between there. And I think I, th I can tell you the damage that I can, I feel the damage that that did to my body. Um, still even now, um, you know, working through it, but so that's how I was then. And, and I mean, now I have, I feel like a, almost like a different person. I obviously, you know, those anxiety and depression things, I think they were there before, um, before yep. I lost my friends and that's, you know, what brought them to the surface much closer. So I, I obviously know I still live with those things every day, but I, I mean, I, I feel mentally stronger, um, to be able to recognize that, you know, that's, that's what's going on. That's why you feel like crap. Yep. It's not your fault. You you just have these things. Yep. To me, that that has been the biggest the biggest thing I've overcome is just like that that mental strength to just to you know this is this is your anxiety this is your depression you you know how to fix this go go eat a steak you'll feel and, better yeah and so that's super interesting and one of the things you mentioned was CTE so for people listening you know that's chronic traumatic brain swelling uh, from playing things like football contact sports and it's you know it's, there's been a, you know, Will Smith did a movie on it, which was really yeah. good, yeah, you know, to show the devastating effects of that. But it's interesting to think that, you know, if you do have this brain, you know, this, this CTE, this, you know, this chronic traumatic brain swelling, uh, and um, by feeding your brain a diet that is really meant to eat high fat, high animal uh, product diet, perhaps can give that brain a chance to heal. Whereas, without that, maybe that healing doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was huge, man. It's, uh, that has been my, if I could have a vocal point of this whole diet, that would, that's my connection. I love what it's doing for my training. I love what it's doing for my physique, but uh, what it, what it's done for my, for, you know, just me upstairs has been the, that's been the game changer. That's what's got my wife. So, you know, that's what's got her so gung ho about it. It's just seeing what it's done for me uh, mm -hmm. mentally. And I, I mean, if there's one thing I could, stress to everyone that if you want to try something for 30 days that should be the reason you do it i mean if mm -hmm. you i mean if you're sitting there and you're you're just upset and you don't know why change your diet i mean i think i think it'd be a great first step and for i mean it really helps me i mean it helped me be a, like just a more simple person i um i like to overcomplicate and i told you I, I wrote down every meal i ate for 18 months man that's turns a person into a psychopath but you're right, man. People just overcomplicate it. I'm one, I'm guilty. Like oh, I, I'm still guilty. I, I think I get some pleasure out of trying to make things yeah. way harder than it has to be. Absolutely. But, man, you're right. It simplifies, mm -hmm. you know, simplifies life. Yep. Uh, and I'm right there with you uh, as far as I think a common saying is people kind of come to the diet for fat loss, but they stay for the mental benefits. Right. Uh, you know, you and I came more for, it sounds like the mental aspect, right. but that's what's, you know, kind of keeping us around and, you know, the physical side effects are great as well. My training right. is back, you know, to where it was and beyond before I did the mm -hmm. keto that, you know, wasted my right. <laughs> wasted 20 years of the gym work. But, but yeah, that, for me, it's, it's more the the mental aspect of, having energy and feeling good and actually like being able to live and not chronically worry about macros and not chronically count things and 
Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm right there with you, man, Trevor, I want to thank you for all the time today and sharing your story. I know a lot of people are going to, you know, get a lot from this. I got, well, I got one question for you before we take off. How do you train? What kind of training do you do? I know you said you were into bodybuilding. I was, I I looked you up a little bit before we did this. I saw you were. We we could go, we could go on another whole hour about that, but so I mainly do, uh, bodybuilding style training more like hypertrophy style training, not as much strength training, but I obviously, I mean, I do some strength training, not so much Olympic lifting. Uh, so mainly, um, you know, more in, I've always been more into the the bodybuilding physique okay. side. Just a real aesthetic look kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, carbs have been like, hey, you can't do that without carbs. Right. Yeah. How are you going <laughs> to get ripped and shredded? With that? Exactly. What about your muscle glycogen? What about all this? But, uh, okay. But we, we could definitely dive into those topics again. Yeah. I, I, I train a little differently. So I'd, that'd be a. So what kind of training are you doing? I do like the 70s interval weight training style stuff, like the Padoche style thing. So I'll do okay. like, uh, I mean, I did one right before, right before we did this. It takes me about 45 minutes and, uh, I get, I get what I need out of it. Um, I'm trying, I'm really trying to build endurance. That's something I've always, uh, I guess like lacked. And I think this is kind of really, really helping me, but. I've, uh, that's how I've simplified my training too. So I'll, I will do, we'll say like three sets of five to eight of, well, we'll do, it's more of like a, obviously a circuit. So I'll do like a, like a barbell snatch, like an overhead snatch, Yep. big, big movement, big, huge full body movement. And then I'll sprint for 30 seconds, rest for 10 seconds, sprint yep. for 30 seconds, rest do that, you know, for two minutes or so, take a three minute break, do that cycle three times. And then I'll move into another, another set of movements and I'll do like a, we'll do like a deadlift or a front squat. I'll do, you know, set of five to eight, depending on what weight I try to go heavy. I'm trying to get stronger. Um, so I'll go heavy and then I'll do like a, like a long row or an 800 meter run mm-hmm. and then take a, you know, three minute break, do that two or three times. And then I'm really trying to get into, I'm, working on flexibility with wrestling and stuff, I, I jack my shoulders and knees and up, up. So I'm really focusing on you know, getting that mobility back. So I've been doing some pull-up bar stuff and we don't have rings right now, but we're trying to get some rings. And I want to get into the gymnastics world. Really CrossFit. I do CrossFit without going yeah. to paying 150 bucks a month. For it. <laughs> yeah. So, and one of the things that you bring, you bring up that's really important is people will always say, you know, I want to gain 10 pounds. I'm like, all right, I need you to be a little more specific. Like, yeah. do you want to gain 10 pounds of fat? Right. Do you want to gain 10 pounds of muscle? Are you looking to be more of like bodybuilder, like hypertrophy? Are you tro- right. looking for strength? Those you- questions could take you from either a year down to a month, depending and, on how. And the whole strategy changes yeah. based on what you want. But I find that people don't, they don't really know what they want. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, we, we got to get clear on your goals uh, to, before we put some kind of strategy together on, you know, how you can achieve that goal. But it's so important because like training like a bodybuilder is very different than training like a CrossFit athlete. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Way more. You do more reps probably in a workout than I do all day for close to it. I mean, rep schemes, you know, yeah. it, it kind of, yeah. I was, I was talking with uh, the ketogenic athlete podcast last week and we do- we dove into this a little bit. Uh, but basically like, cause Danny Vega, he's a big strength guy, okay, uh, yeah. st- strong as an ox and strength athletes, they want to lift as much weight as possible. So they want to make that is they want to lift as much and make it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas bodybuilding, you're really trying to make the weight as hard as possible possible. So right. you're often trying to find the lightest weight, making it as hard as possible. It's totally like different, different, yeah. different stimulus to the, to the muscle. 
they both, you know, have points. So, so strength training, there's some hypertrophy in strength training is important right. and vice versa. Uh, but, but yeah, it really matters on like, what, what, what are what you are trying to achieve? What are you training uh, for? That's like, that's the biggest thing is I know ne- I never knew what I was training for. I was just trying to look, trying to look good. Right. And that who doesn't want to look good and how many different ways are there to do it. So exactly. There, yeah. If that's someone's goal, there's a lot of ways, to, a lot of ways to skin that cat. Yeah, but, but that said, like this diet, I think I tell people, I'm like, you know, if I was going to go do a bodybuilding show the, you know, in two months, I probably wouldn't do a carnivore diet. But that said, long term, I'm not convinced that it's not the best diet. No, longevity, that's 100% what I'm, in, <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm in the game for. I'm not in it to look good tomorrow and, you know, look bad the next day. I want, yeah. if I'm going to do, I just want to, you know, just maintain a healthy body. That's that, that, that to me, that's more important than looking good. It's just, you know, being comfortable and healthy, you know, within your body. If you, I mean, not everyone's going to have a six pack. I don't, I, I am to the point in my life where I believe I'm just not going to have one. I've, <laughs> we can like, get you I, one if you really wanted one. I don't, I don't care if I have one. I know my abs are strong. I know someone yeah. could punch them and it wouldn't hurt me. So, I mean, that's, that's besides the point. I don't, it's, it's happening slowly. It's happening more now than it ever has just because I've been pretty strict, yep. but um, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. Yeah. And I mean, you bring up a, a good point that I think we should tell people, uh, because a bodybuilding physique where you're walking around with, you know, mid percent body fat, like 6% body fat, 5% yeah. body fat, that's actually not a natural healthy state. No. Uh, unfortunately, as much as we would like it to be, and as much as I would, you know, would like that to be your body's doesn't want to be there. It wants, right. it wants to carry a little bit more fat than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I tell people, I'm like, Hey, get to, very good body fat you know for a guy if it's 12 percent body fat you can probably do that carnivore diet don't count macros just yeah, eat, that's eat about where i hungry. where i hang out 12, yeah and i'm like 12. if you really wanted to drop down to get you know shredded up then you can tinker with macros if you really want to mm-hmm. and you know i can help people do that but i'm like 99.9 percent of people never get to that point so i'm like no. don't worry about tinkering don't worry about counting macros like you're just not like that takes that's for the 0.1% that want to do something silly. They want to be on and, a stage. Someone that wants yeah. to be on a stage is for those people. Or just, just going on vacation. They want to get ripped up for the beach. It's right. like, I get it. You know, if you want to tinker for a couple of months and go yeah. from 12 to six, you know, you can do that. And you can definitely do that on the carnivore diet. But the vast majority of people, especially coming from keto, they're so used to counting macros that they just want to start counting macros with steaks. Oh, okay. And I'm like, that's what my wife was trying to do. She's like, you should see yeah. how many calories you eat with your steaks. I'm it's like, like no, about 3000 if you're not getting on stage or if you're not wanting to get single digit body fat like really low body fat Mm -hmm. like it's you really don't need to be doing that (laughs) i'll forever believe all those guys are on some sort of test also they're all on some sort of testosterone oh depending on what depending on where they're what stage you're looking yeah yeah Yeah, i know a lot of them are magazine covers they're out there everyone's on something yeah yeah i mean depending on what kind of competition you're looking at Mm -hmm. for yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, Trevor. Appreciate the time. Yeah, we'll uh, do it again. We'll do another but, one. So if people want to reach out to you on social media, do you want them to? And if so, yeah. where, where would they find you? <laughs> Carnivore Craze on Instagram. All right. Instagram's the place to be. Yeah, that's all I got. Man, Instagram's it. I like Twitter too, but I feel like I'm the only one on it. <laughs> yeah, I have one. I can't. I honestly couldn't tell. If I, I don't know if I've ever posted anything on it. I definitely have one. Don't follow me. No one, no one follows me. <laughs> yeah, no one follows me on there. Follow me on 
Instagram. I post a bunch of steak. I think I cook them pretty well. So yeah. So that's all I got. Yeah. Awesome, man. Trevor, thanks for the time. Yeah. If you ever want to talk about training, I'm always down. We'll do it. What I love to do. So, all right, man. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. See you, Trevor. Keep the radio going. Dr. Kevin Stock has more coming your way. For exclusive content, visit www.kevinstock.io.